Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful people, and as always, thank you for being here. I was kind of scared to have today's conversation, today's interview with Emily Kund, uh, and that's because we talked about one of my biggest weaknesses. The topic was about one of my biggest weaknesses, which is data and numbers. Now, I know that I need to be investing more time in that, so I'm facing my fears head on and asking Emily all the questions about data. Emily Kund is the founder and CEO of Analytics to Inform. She has over 20 years of leadership and analyst experience, and she's just become such a data wizard for coaches and entrepreneurs. So, you know, her entire approach is really driven to help decision makers obtain meaningful reporting to make well-informed decisions. So for a very long time, like, okay, but how do I use this in my business? Like what data I need to be reporting or gathering rather, and what kind of reports I need to be looking at. So what was really incredibly valuable to me was her literally telling me and and as a business owner who doesn't have a multi-million dollar company, here are the data you need to be capturing. Here's the questions you need to be asking yourself and your clients. Here are the tools that you can, they can actually help you make more money and sell your products better. And we even talk about what are the, the pieces of information you can ask that will actually help you um, you know, automate some of your services. I mean, this was really interesting. She answered a lot of different questions, gave us tips and insights into what tools we need to be using to capture data in our business. And I know for sure that there are going to be aspects of this conversation that are for sure going to make you think. But I think even implementing one of these things, it can totally revolutionize the way you do business. So for me, for example, the feedback, I always get feedback about my programs, about my services, but it's testimonial and it's really fuzzy and it's great. People love it. But I, uh, you know, her, she stresses the importance of numbers and using that um, to convert people when you are wanting to seek, you know, more people to enroll in your programs that I'm actually going to be implementing. So listen in and, you know, uh, use these tidbits in your own business so that you can have more meaningful reporting so you can invest in your own business and that you can uh, sell more and really be more on top of your business, understand what's going on. Uh, I cannot, cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. So without further ado, he's, here is Emily Kunt. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much. Hello, my beautiful friend, Yasna. <laughs> I am so excited for so many different reasons. First of all, I love you to pieces. Just love who you are. I love our connection. And I love the fact that I don't know anything about today's conversation. <laughs> so let me preface this. This entire conversation is going to be 
because I really, truly, just like I, I mentioned, I believe data is incredibly important. I think that it is absolutely necessary for entrepreneurs, but I have not because of, because of now wanting to invest in it, just because pure ignorance never invested in it. So what I'm trying to do is bring value to everyone out there. I would say so many of heart centered entrepreneurs who are not investing in data analysis, why they should, we're going to have many conversations about how they can help us grow our business. And I really want to learn because I see you and I see you with such a wizard that you are so brilliant. And I'm just really, really, really eager to, uh, to pick your brain. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited about today's conversation. <laughs> so people have heard all your amazing accomplishments. What I would love to hear is basically how did you get to be such a data wizard and guru now on a nationally acclaimed? Thank you so much. Well, you know, I'm one of those people who really likes to help others. And it's really the combination of the last 20 years, which kind of landed me here today. On the analytical side, I had worked as a bank examiner for 19 of those years. And while I was successful, I was always looking for something else, hmm. something more. And that really came in the form of life coaching and as a tiny habits behavior specialty coach. And that happened a few years ago. And I practiced for a bit and became a client and then became a client of a couple of amazing coaches myself. Um, and I just saw what I noticed was that these fields are so rich in data, but I didn't really see it being taken advantage of. And while I loved helping others through coaching and habit hacking, my love for analytics was just a little bit stronger. And now it really just lights me up and it's my way that I think I can help transform this industry to help coaches serve their clients better. For me, it's all about servant leadership, helping you help clients and then doing better, doing more good in our communities, whether that's local or global. So that's kind of how I got here. I really love that. And it's, you know, just to, to help people understand, it's not just coaches that you serve. It's really, you have a really large community of coaches, but it's entrepreneurs who are right. doing the work, solopreneurs who are launching their courses and serving people, but they're not capturing information about their business. Right. And what I've seen is that you just go with what you know. And if what you know is, um, over the phone conversations or email or whatever, you know, those are missed opportunities. And so that's where I come in. Actually, one of the last coaches I had worked with last year, uh, he had an opportunity to automate and get some really good data. And he just didn't even like realize it. And so I had the conversation with him. He was like, oh, wow oh, I could really use this. I'm like, yes, yes, you can, because it will help him serve his people better. Yeah, so, every, I mean, every, yeah. <laughs> everyone can use this. Well, well, let's go there right away. Okay. What do you mean about automating, right? So for example, um, you know, how, give me an, precisely that example. What could he have automate, automated that he didn't see? So the way he had set up his coaching practice, he had a questionnaire and he had us uh, email out, like type out this questionnaire, email it out to several people to get some feedback on ourselves. 
and then they were supposed to email us back and then we were going to have a conversation with him about it, about the results. Now, well, there's a couple of things with that uh, where I saw this opportunity. The first was, I don't want to type it all out um, <laughs> because mm. that's not efficient. Instead, what I ended up doing was typing it out into a Google form. So the only thing I changed between what he had and what I did was the delivery channel, the, the, the way it was sent out. And then instead of having them email me back, because even though I would said, because that was part of the instructions, you have to be open to whatever you receive. Instead of them sending it directly to me, they're filling out a form. And then that form goes to a spreadsheet that I can then see, but it gives them some of that, it gives the people responding to that questionnaire a little bit of comfort knowing that they can be really honest. Um, and that's so important because that's what you want as a coach, but also as the client, because you want to be better. That's why you've signed up. Um, and you don't want anybody holding back because, oh, you know, if she sees that email, maybe she has questions about what I've put in there. And so by automating it just through that form, then it, it gives some comfort to the people filling out the form. In addition, and this is where I think the power comes. So imagine for a minute, like I set that up for myself, you know, for my people who were filling out my questionnaire. But if he had that survey or that questionnaire and he sent that link out to the people in his coat uh, that were being coached by him, then he's getting information from all of these folks about all of the people in his group coaching. Now, what that allows you to do is to say, now I have some data on, the pro on all of the program participants in one place. Mm -hmm. So I can see what this looks like. I can see what my clients, what their profile looks like, which he wouldn't really be able to do otherwise. Okay. And it's a lot more efficient to look at that data in a spreadsheet. You know, it's data, but it's responses to these questions. To look at that data in a spreadsheet or to have, like, I analyze that data for myself, um, to look at that all in one place, then to try to go through email by email, try to figure it out, that's inefficient. And so uh, that was just, that's just one example of how coaches can automate and, and the way they can do it. I like Google Forms. I also like Typeform because of an integration with Google Sheets because that's to me where the magic happens is in the spreadsheet. But, of course. Uh, I'm like, what, what? What is that? I need to know that. <laughs> so, but, but that's just one example of how just that one little change of not changing the content, but changing the way we deliver it. And then he can get some really rich data, rich information about his clients and can serve them better. Because here's the other thing is that when you have it set up, in that form, which would then feed a spreadsheet, he can take a look at that before any one-on-one -on -one calls. And so then as a client, my expectation, because I added him as a contributor to this spreadsheet and this form. Uh -huh. So my expectation when we got on that call was you've already looked at this data and you can see 
I mean, you have to sift through it a smidge, but it wasn't that many people, it wasn't that many responses that were required. But now let's get to the meaty part because I also did a self-assessment. So I completed the form for myself. So what was really juicy that came out of that was I could identify here I am on the left and everybody says who completed that form on me, they had me rated over to the right. So let's talk about that gap. So let's really dig in and get to the things that really stick out um, as a result of that, of getting that information. You can have much more meaningful conversations more quickly than go on the phone going, okay, so let's talk about all, of, let's talk through those emails that you got. What did you, what popped out at you? Uh-uh. Like I've cut that my expectation was let's cut that in half. You know, we can talk about that at a high level, but then let's get, dig real deep and go. So why do you think you have a issue with asking, you know, and doing a bold ask and others don't see that in yourself? Mm. Bam. I mean, so that's where I'm like, mm -hmm. let's go, let's get to the meaty stuff because you know, Yasna, when you get to that meaty stuff, isn't something that's necessarily going to be resolved within one coaching session or two. That might take some time. So let's get there quickly and let's start working on it. Right. So, so that's where not, I see it. <laughs> no, but that's brilliant. Not only does it open up incredible conversations because data is power, it gives incredible feedback to the person who is looking at it. It also automates and speeds up our processes and gives us more time to do everything else. I mean, th that that's example, I'm so glad I went there because that was actually <laughs> brilliant, a brilliant example, right? Yeah. I mean, I just love it so much. I saw... <laughs> I love that you love it because I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. This is going to be such a, I think I'm so loud and blatantly open about my weaknesses and where I fall on my butt. People know that about me. Like I make fun of myself. Like this is something I genuinely want to learn and I want to find a way to work with you. I want to find a way to get uh, better at this because I have so much data in my business and I don't, I just feel like it's all here. Yeah. Well, you know, I did have the, I had this boss one time who used to use a phrase that I picked up and I still use it today is what's your highest and best use, mm. you know, and, and we could compare that to several things, but is your highest and best use creating a form and sending it out and reviewing the responses? Uh, maybe it's reviewing the responses or, or trying to figure out how data can help. I know the value. No, like that's one of the things that I'm so passionate about is I want people to do the work that's worth their time. That's mm -hmm. number one. And number two is do the work that you excel at. Do the work that you are so damn good at. Mm -hmm. And when it's not data, but you know that you can uh, use some help in that area, well then let partner up with somebody who gets so excited who can figure it out. And man, when you do that, like, I just see so much potential that it just, like, I'm just ready to go. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things I am ready to go because I know when you outsource, when you collaborate with people who are using their strengths, you've got a killer business. 
I'm such a, you know, I'm such a believer in that, <laughs> which is why we're having this conversation. So, well, let's go there. What should someone like me, I'm a coach, um, uh, used to be a life coach for over a decade. Now I'm transitioning out of that, been a business coach for five years for entrepreneurs. What should someone like me in a, in I have a small team, so it's not a, uh, uh, it's not a huge corporation. What should I be um, tracking? What kind of data I need to be gathering? And by the way, I'm going to be listening over this multiple times and taking notes, right? And and so should everyone else listening. So what kind, yeah. what pieces of data do I need to be collecting? So, you know, I used to say. Know your incomes, then know your income and expenses. Track that, mm-hmm. and and I still believe that for sure. However, um, one recently I've started giving the advice because of a hard lesson I have learned, which is track your hours. And so, if you're putting together any kind of program, product, or anything like that, course, it really, really, really. I really need you to track your hours. And I'll share with you an example of why. I was putting together a course for open classrooms. It's on how to get started with spreadsheets. And that'll be coming out, I think, at the end of May. And it's free. Um, I know. I'm very excited about it. Um, But it was a flat fee contract. And so when I started, I thought, well, I don't need to track my hours because I'm getting paid no matter how many hours I put into it. That was the worst conversation I ever had with myself because as I was reflecting back, I put a ton of hours into that course. And I am, I I mean, I think when I estimated my hours looking back, I'm like, oh, I think I only am going to get paid like 30 or $35 an hour for all of the work I put into that course. Wow. And can I just tell you how sick I felt? Now, I want it to be a great course, and there are some other benefits that come along with that, but at least when you know when you're tracking your hours, it does two things. One is if you want to do another course, it gives you a baseline to say, okay, well, I know for planning purposes, it's going to take me you know, 240 hours or whatever, um, but then it can also help negotiate your contract price or how much you price out that course because... I can tell you this, I am not priced, if I do another course with them, I'm not pricing it out at 30 or $35 an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so tracking your hours is so important. It just gives you not only just for your general planning of how to plan your day and how much time the project will take, but it gives you that opportunity to get paid for what you're worth. And you so- won't know that until you track it. So this may sound like you may totally laugh and fall off your chair as I ask this, but this is the level of my ignorance. How do I track this? Because if you tell me, like, put, take a piece of paper and write it, I'm going to forget. It's not going to happen. How do I actually track my hours? So one of uh, so you can do it several different ways. I mean, obviously, if you want to use pen and paper and you're not going to forget, then that works. And then just have somebody enter it in a spreadsheet later or keep it later. Um, you can also use a spreadsheet. That's an easy way to go about it. Just put the project and then hours. <laughs> or what I use, which I actually really like, is T-sheets. And I'll provide you the link. Um, and so what you go in, there's some integration into QuickBooks as well. 
But what I love about it is that I can enter a customer or a project in T-Sheets and I can clock in and then I can clock out. And if I, you know, forget to clock out like I have done in the past, T-Sheets will say, it's been a whole week. You must be tired of working. We've clocked you out. Um, Or I can say, oh, wait, yeah, I remember. I stopped working at 10 p.m. that night. And I can go in and manually adjust it. You can also manually enter your time in. So if you do have it like written down like on a notepad because that's where your flow is and you're just, you know, in that vibe and you want to do it later, you can always do it then. So, so then you have an application that you can use and then you can get reports out. So I find it really helpful when I'm working with clients because I'll just charge, you know, I'll record my time in there. And so then I can feed an invoice or I can use that information to populate my invoice to say, this is how many hours I worked, this is the rate, and here you go. Um, And so you have the ability to run reports. I just really think it's uh, just a really fantastic tool. And I'm sure that there are others out there, but to me, that one is easy to use and there's so many good benefits to it. Like, I think it's great. Okay, so there are multiple ways to do that. No, this is, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you took me seriously because this is really literally the level of my ignorance. Like, how do you even do that? Uh, so yeah. number one is track your time. What else should I be tracking? So finances, um, it, which I have a full-on accountant. She does it all. She has access to literally everything, which is, again, there's a reason why I outsourced that because I wanted to pull my hair out the first time I, I tried to do QuickBooks like that. That was just not a good attempt. So track your hours. What else? Yeah. Um, There are two other things that I think are must track items. And the first or the next one is track the value of what your clients are getting. And you can just do that by asking them through a simple survey to say, you know, towards the end, almost like an exit interview or a closeout, say, hey, you know, you've gone through this program. Did I provide you the value that you paid? And I mean, it can be as simple as that, or it could be that and how much, you know, having gone through this now, how much would you pay for this course? If I, you know, if you were going back in time, what would you have spent on it? Knowing what you know now. So that's really interesting. So you can actually, you would ask the just one question yeah. upon a conclusion of the, the course. Yeah. Why not? I, I will, but what I've always thought that that question is so biased, which is why I never ask it. Why, how much would you pay? Because people don't even know. And they're, you know, people don't, I don't think people purchase with a rational mind. So I wouldn't, I never even attempted to ask that. So is it going to be a hundred percent perfect? No, there's going to be some bias in there for sure. But it's a pretty good proxy. It's a pretty good ex, uh, approximation because what, and here's why it's important. Because for one coach I worked with, his, um, the coaching program, I paid $9.97 for it. And I will tell you, he delivered way beyond that, mm. way beyond it. And so did I get my money's worth? Heck yeah, I did. What would I would have, what would have I paid for that? Well, I'm not sure. What is, what do I think it's worth? Because I also told him later, I'm like, coach, 
this I paid ninety ninety seven. I think you could charge like twenty four twenty five hundred dollars for this. You delivered so much value for a group coaching session. It felt more. It almost felt more like a one on one. You delivered so much value, and you know what you're doing. Like, and so the reason why that's important is because when it goes, when it's time to reconsider what your pricing is going to be. It helps to establish what I call that market value. You have data. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's fine that it's an approximation. And you're going to get somebody that goes, I paid $9.97, but to be honest, um, it was probably worth like $500. <laughs> you know, you're going to have those outliers, those people on either end of the spectrum. That's going to happen. But the more, you know, if you get into the habit of asking that upon closeout, then you're going to have some data that you can use and, and consider when you go to price again, when you, when you change your, when you think about changing your pricing, because otherwise, and this is what I see so many times, and you've probably heard this too. <clears throat> I don't know what to charge for pricing. Mm. Like I, you know, Oh, it just feels so uncomfortable and icky. Ah, like let's take, you know what? There's this, uh, there's this great, great quote, and I think it's from uh, Edward Demings that says, um, my data is greater than your feelings. Oh, I, I love might have that. mixed up the attribution, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there, it's this uh, quote that says, my data is greater than your feelings. And I love it, especially when it comes to pricing, because you can take that ick factor right out if you know one of the components, I have this whole framework, but one of the components is what's the market value? And then you're relying, you're using data to then set your price and you don't have to feel uncomfortable about it. As a matter of fact, the posture changes. I used it on myself and I will tell you now, I essentially doubled my rate from where I was at my current price. And I'm like, yeah, this is what it is. I'd, you step into it with a posture of certainty because you are, you have confidence because you have data behind you and not just feelings. Feelings are subjective. Data is a little more objective. It, it is. It's, it's really something you can, you can genuinely work with because it's, it's, um, it's black and white, so to speak. So let's, I really want to go there for a second because I, you've started a, a conversation that, that's, uh, I think so intriguing to so many of of the people that I work with people in my mastermind they're really having such a hard time figuring out like what should I price my course or my services and um in in fact half of them have doubled their uh, uh their um prices, which makes me so proud, but I know you're coming out with a product uh, or a training around that. Would you give us kind of a framework for actually how to do that? I, I was going to ask you that later, but we're here. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So th there's three data points. Really what I'm establishing through this framework are three data points that include uh, what the product price should be, based on your hourly worth. The second is what the current price is. And the third is the market value. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll walk through how I determine what that pricing should be. But what that gives you is a pricing range. So maybe you do feel a little uncomfortable if the market value is, 
I don't know, double what your current price is. Maybe there is some uncomfortableness and you haven't really stepped into the owning that market value yet for your product. At least this gives you a range to go, you know what, if I fall within this range, I'm good. So identifying that pricing range is a way to kind of ease in to owning the worth, the value of your product. Um, but to get there, essentially, and we've heard this from so many people, I know Chris Harder talks about it on his podcast, um, it's what, um, what is your hourly worth? What is your time worth? How much money do you want to make in the year? How many hours do you want to work? When you divide your desired, hour, uh, your desired uh, yearly income divide, divided by the number of hours you want to work in the year, that will give you your hourly worth. And then from there, you figure out how many hours you're going to spend on your product or the service. Add in any additional cost. Um, that you may have, whether it's a, a maintenance fee for a platform or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then that will determine what the price of the product or service should be. And so it's just, it's using what your time is worth as the major component and going from there. That's really interesting. I've always struggled with that uh, when people say that, like, well, I'm worth, you know, this is how much my, my time is worth. And I'm like, mm, I, I, I struggle with that sometimes, especially with people who are building their businesses. You know, you can't just enter the market and charge what someone five years ahead of you is charging. You may be worth it, but you just don't have the pull or, the, you know, let's be very honest. There are yeah. certain coaches who may be really young and they're exceptionally good, but they just don't have the marketing or the visibility that some of the people that are not as good have, and they're not going to be able to charge as much. That's right. And I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. That is based, it starts with based on what you believe your worth is. And maybe you can command that and maybe you can't. And that's where using the market value helps uh, kind of mitigate some of that. Um, and then again, having that pricing range of going, okay, so my price was one, you know, my current price is 125. Market value says it's, let's just use the example, market value says it's 500. And based on my worth, the price should be 750. Well, you know what, at that point, you could put that out there at 750 and see how it works for you. But you're probably better if you price it in that $500 range because that's what the market is commanding or what that's what the market says that your product or service is worth. What the market will so, pay for. Yeah, what the market will bear. So that's, I think, the beauty of having those three data points, those three items is because they help offset each other and give you something to consider and go, all right, like I, I have space to play in this range and you should be good. Oh, that's really brilliant. So the training or the product that you're creating, when is that coming out or where can we find it? So um, the, I'm actually for a limited time going to have that worksheet for free. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And then what I am, so that will be available by the time that this launches. So you'll be able to sign up for that and have that worksheet available to you. Okay. Um, and then uh, probably in early June, I will come out, I'll have a webinar series 
just to go over and help walk people through pricing your product to help. Because I really, I want people to feel confident and comf confident and comfortable pricing their products and get out of that achiness. This is my way by using an analytical tool to help with that. I think it's brilliant because you're tapping into something that so many people are struggling with significantly. Like how much should I charge? What does this look like? People are, you know, my answer is always hand on heart, what feels good. But I know that that probably, you know, is like, it's for, for someone like you, it's like, well, there's a better way to do it. That's one way and one aspect of it, like you mentioned, but there's yeah. actual data that can help you. Right. Well, even, I mean, I don't say fully ignore the hand on heart thing. I've done that myself. Um, I think that you can use them in combination and that's what the beauty is, right? So with that, let's, with that pricing range, if everything is saying $750, that's what the price should be. That's what the marketer bear, but you're having trouble with it. You, because maybe you don't own it yet right? Like if your pricing, if your current price was 250, that's a huge jump. Maybe you have some fear around that. Well, okay. Don't, don't price it at 250 or at 750 then, because if you can't speak with confidence about that price point, people aren't going to buy. Mm. You've got to own that. So it'll give you the data, but ultimately, you know, you can, you can have the data, but I would say also consider what feels right and you've got a range that you can work in and go from there. Okay, so that's, um, I really, really love that. And by the way, we're gonna have a link for where people can find that, that, that training and that worksheet. What questions should we be asking? What questions should every business owner be asking to get to the right data in their business? Because I know I'm not asking the right questions right now. <laughs> So um, for me, I always, always start out with what, as a business owner, what are you curious about for your business? Like, that's a very general kind of question. But if you start thinking about, oh, I wonder how my sales are doing. I wonder how my geographic reaches. I wonder how I'm converting on my webinars. Um, so that's where there's, there's power in being curious. Um, but beyond that, <clears throat> I think that there are a few questions to ask. One is, how can I serve my clients? The best way, I think, is by asking them. Hmm. And that's just through, again, surveys, whether that's surveying at if you do events or if you do group coaching or even one-on-one -on -one coaching. How can I serve you better? But the thing is, it's that it's just not asking it verbally. It's asking it in a different way. And I think when we approach it with that. I really want to serve you and I want to make this program better for you and everybody else who mm -hmm. comes after you. People are more inclined uh, to answer that question. So, so asking these questions, are, are they anonymous? So they can be. So you can set up a questionnaire that you don't have the person's name. If they want to give it, you can get it. Um, and so that way, again, there is anonymity in surveys or questionnaires is really powerful because people are more likely to speak their mind. And so you can, um, just by asking your clients, that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest ways under knowing, were my questions or were my clients successful 
I mean, I think we always hope that our clients are successful, but when, you know, the program's all said and done, did you just get good vibes or did you meet your objectives? And by asking those questions, you're going to know. So I have two questions for them. The first one okay. is, you know, I, I think that I don't fill out forms. I just don't. When even people say, I'm, I know it's, you probably click on every one oh. of those. I just don't because I'm like, ah, I don't have time for this. Right. And when you send it out, the likelihood is that not everyone is going to participate. So then you're not getting full results, right? Does that skew your results? I mean, that could. So if you're only getting, you know, in a group of 20 people, if you're only getting five, that may um, not show the full, uh, the full results. Um, however, I think that there are some ways that you can help mitigate that one is by saying you know i want to celebrate you it, it's how we frame it up i want to celebrate you i want to celebrate your success can you do me a real quick favor and go ahead complete this form you know let them know too don't first of all you're not going to create a form that takes 30 minutes to fill out because nobody not even me who loves them i'm not going to complete that i want something that's very quick so best practice is seven to 10 questions. Okay. Um, but you could do it on the shorter side and just be very specific, multiple choice questions, very specific. You don't, you can have a mix of open and closed end questions, but you want that specific multiple choice so that it's easy for somebody to go click, 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 type in a sentence or two, done. Okay. And you're not taking up much of their time. I want to celebrate you. Can you do me a real quick favor? It'll be quick. Um, I'll highlight your success on my Instagram, on my what, you know, so then they're getting something back to you. Okay. So they're getting something in return. And so that's where, uh, and are you going to get a hundred percent? I don't, maybe, maybe not, but those tactics or those strategies will help increase your participation rate. So my mastermind is coming to an end. Um, what are the three questions I have to be asking? Okay. Yes, we're back in business. Okay, okay. all right. It was, it was growling for a second. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. So did it, did it meet your objectives? What else? Um, let's see. Uh, I want to know about the value. Mm -hmm. So... What did you think about the value of this program? The value outweighed the cost, the value equaled the cost, or the cost was more than the value received? Mm. Um, my mindset, uh, and this is kind of a fill in the blank, um, my mindset has shifted and I believe I can achieve whatever I want. My mindset is changing from one of lack to abundance. My mindset did not change, though... I fully believe I can achieve whatever I want. So that was, that's a person that's come in with a good mindset already. Um, and my mindset did not change and I still doubt my ability to meet my goals. So those are three questions that depending on your, your business, your event or your coaching that um, you may need to shift it. But those are three questions that I think are really good. Um, and I have about seven others. <laughs> I've put together a list of 10 questions that, that'll also be coming out this uh, late spring, early summer on the questions to ask 
Oh, that's brilliant. See, that's an incredible yeah. opt-in because that's the, that's the kind of yeah. stuff that I would opt-in. I'm like, what should I be asking, right? Yeah. Because for me, I get that feedback one-on-one, but it never occurred to me to actually, you know, send out a survey. Even now, people have told me, literally, people have said, like, you need to double the cost of this program because it's amazing. And when I had three people in the same day say that, and I just laughed. I'm like, maybe I should listen to them, right? Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, no, we're definitely serious. That prompted me to actually do it. But a survey is going to give you more of an information, more of a definitive answer, which is brilliant. Right. right. And then you can review it, analyze it later. You can keep it versus that conversation that might get a little fuzzy in your memory. Um, that's why I like having things written down. So a survey or questionnaire is really great for that. I love so. that. Um, what should we be tracking on our website, Emily? Besides the people, like you know, how many people uh, show up? I Google into I or I log into my Google Analytics, and then I log out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm glad you said that because I I was like, you know what? I need to check my Google Analytics to see how I'm doing, and then I didn't have any data. And I inwardly cried for a minute. So make sure you don't just set it, set it and forget it. Like you actually look at it um, because you don't want to have something like mistyped in the code that you put on your website. And then you have no information except from your host provider, mm. which is not going to be as rich as Google Analytics. So of course there is the how many people are visiting, um, what the bounce rate. So are they bouncing off? Like, and then how long are they staying on the uh, pages? But where are you getting the traffic from? That to me is super valuable. Um, because then you know, from a marketing perspective, where then you, you can do. say, oh, hey, you know what, I either want to nurture this. So I'll put some more ad dollars to that. Or, um, or, you know, if it's something that you want to really explore how it can help. Or you can say, oh, I'm rocking this. I need to continue on with, you know, getting traffic from Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Um, so, but knowing that, knowing the source is really helpful. Um, and so those are the kind of the big things. I would just encourage folks to get the Google Analytics set up. And if you, like, if that's not your jam, then outsource that Have to get someone. it done. Hire, then, hire Emily. Yeah. And then just look at the reports or have somebody look at the reports and give you a readout too. Okay. Because so, highest and best use. <laughs> interestingly, I went, I have a master's in public policy where we did so much of regression analysis and, you know, the, the like seriously for two years, that was my life. And that's when I knew that I didn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> 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 because I just did not, I love having those reports, but I just did not like the, the process of it. And there was a good uh, self-awareness, but the, the, it's just so incredibly powerful to have that at our fingertips. Like, you know, earlier I had an interview with, um, uh, with someone who does design thinking and she's like, this is data at our fingertips, right? And it's like, we need to do something with it because otherwise there's just data that sits there. That's right. Yeah. And you know, I just, um, I see all of the possibility with data and it, it just makes me so excited. 
I, I, I'm seriously, your passion and excitement about it makes me excited about it. <laughs> That's good. Because uh, here, here's how I see it. Um, like if you close your eyes for a minute and you picture that you're going to a foreign country and you get to the airport, you're very excited. You get to your Airbnb or hotel and then you start exploring and you see all of these amazing things like this restaurant that has such great food and all of the scenery and you just look at everything and I'm so amazed at everything around you. Like that's what I see with data. It's the possibility. It's exploring everything around you and knowing that you can get through some of, you know, maybe there's a lot of people around. That's what I'll, in, I'll call the data muck, you know, get through the data muck and see what's possible. That's why I love analytics. It takes those numbers that can be overwhelming even to me. I don't like being overwhelmed by a sea of numbers, but I can take those numbers and turn them into charts. And from those charts, I can present insights into the business. And when I can show coaches or entrepreneurs how valuable that can be, like it, it's like exploring a new land. And I love it. That's the sexiest way to explain what data <laughs> analytics is. And you said it in such a voice. I'm like, we're going to be cutting that out. <laughs> Close your eyes. People are going to think we're guiding them to this guided visualization into a foreign land. But it's like, <laughs> I love, love, love that. That's really brilliant. So um, I know that you're really big about automating and really saving time for people that you would serve. What are some of the automation tools that I'm not even thinking about? Like one of the things that you will laugh again for the longest time um, for my intake forms or like scheduling my appointments, I didn't even use anything like Calendly or, you know, or Acuity. It was like literally, okay, what works for you? Okay, here we'll make it work. And this was a lifesaver automating everything. What are some of the things that you know of that we may not be thinking about that needs to be automated or some tools are, are uh, for us to know? Yeah. So I think doing some, using uh, tools like a calendar, that's always helpful. Um, I mean, that just, it'll go right to your, your uh, calendar. You know, you don't have to really worry about it because it'll sync up. So that's helpful. I also, I mean, I go back to, I like using Google Forms because I can get some information. You can even, uh, with some of the add-ons with Google Forms, you can do more than just survey. Um, and then because it's in a spreadsheet that it can auto automate, up, or, excuse me, it can refresh automatically. And so you don't have to go in and do anything like hit the refresh button. It just automatically does that. So I really think that that's super helpful. Um, and then beyond that, I would just say, like, take a, you know, a quick look. This is what I like to do is to take a quick look at what your currently, what your current process is and see what's causing you pain. Mm. Because I'm sure that there is a solution out there. I mean, inbox uh, management, your email management is something also that I think I know I'm overwhelmed and setting up rules and ways to really manage through that. That's huge. It's just brilliant. I, I really love that. Um, are there any apps that you're using that we should know about that are really brilliant? Like top three apps or top one, the heck. 
that's really that's really amazing. You know, I I, I do a lot of collaboration uh, because I have an online conference that I founded and organized, and so I love Slack. Slack and Trello are amazing. They're great for collab. They're great collaboration apps. Okay. They're just they're brilliant. Like when I was creating my course, I would talk with the uh, instructional designer, and we would put out, uh, we would list out things that needed to be done on Trello. We'd move them over. We could see exactly where things stood. So that's really, that is so super helpful. And okay. Slack is just another great collaboration tool where you can set up different channels. So I have a channel for my advisors where if I need to uh, have a conversation with them in private, that's not with for everybody that organizes my four conferences. I can talk to them on there. There's some integration also with Google Sheets and other uh, programs. So I can easily put a punch list in there uh, or a spread, uh, like a checklist of things that need to be done. And it's just a really awesome way to collaborate. So those are my, like from a collaboration standpoint, those are the ones I love the most. Top ones. I love that. Emily, what have I not asked out of my ignorance <laughs> that you think is really beneficial? A lot of the coaches are listening to this. Um, what do they need to know? What, what have I not asked? Well, we've had such rich conversation that you've asked a lot of good stuff. I would just say that, um, I mean, I guess it's really just kind of parting words, which would really be um, to don't be scared. Like data is here to help. And I really, because I value the communities, uh, I value your community and that entrepreneurial community, like don't trudge through the mud, the muck alone, just give me a call and I will be happy to sit down with you for like 15, 30 minutes and walk you through and to figure out what are some next steps to just even help get you started. Because I know that when we use data, we can help improve our business from an income perspective, from an efficiency perspective, uh, from a client perspective as well. And then we can all do good things. So that for me, that's being a servant leader. And that's where I love to step in and, and help people out. So don't ever feel like you're not smart enough. You don't even know where to start. Like, I'm perfectly happy having that conversation of, I don't know where to start. Help me out. And we'll walk through some things. It'll be fine. Well, this is perfect. This is my next question. Where can people find you? How do they work with you? Is there anything else that they can purchase from you that you offer so they can engage with you? Like give us all the deeds. Sure. So you can um, find me on my website. It's analytics, the number two inform, because I really believe in having analytics help inform our decision-making process. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Emily Kuhnd. And items that I have that I really feel can help so many people out. Um, I have a quiz for content and leads package that I've introduced. And that is using a quiz to help develop not only leads, but then content ideas. And so, um, so then you can get like your top five, uh, content items that you can then post about on social or create programs about 
but that's from the people who have filled out this quiz. And quizzes can be fun. Like BuzzFeed changed the game on quizzes. Like we all want to take these, these quizzes because we want to know more about ourselves. Um, so, and then the other awesome thing about this quiz package is that it drives people to a call to action. So that may be driving traffic to your YouTube or to your Instagram or your website or your group coaching based on how they respond. So that can be so powerful for what it is. Um, so I love that. And then proof of program, which is really combining that excitement and those testimonials with data and really being able to help those individuals who would really like to do this, but I don't know, will it work for me? It will help convert those people who, so that the way they can experience your program and experience all of those great benefits that maybe they were skeptical about because we can all get excited and we all see testimonials, but we're all skeptical sometimes. And having that data to say, it's not just this one or two people, it's not just excitement, but it really works. That is so powerful. So it's not just for our own understanding. You can, this can actually help us sell our yes. products and services and in the end, make more money and do yeah. what, we, what we're here to do in the first place. That's right. And then I have just a couple of slots open for um, what I call is my chief data gal. And so that's where I work one-on-one uh, -on -one with you and help you figure it out. We'll develop a strategy for using data, provide reporting, and then it includes all of those good things I've talked about, the quiz analytics or the quiz for content and leads, the proof of product, all of that stuff that way you can work at your highest and best use, what you really excel at, and then you leave the rest to me. I love that. Analytics to inform. This was Emily Kund, which was, a, this was a brilliant, very useful conversation to me. I hope that you've gotten as much out of it, folks, as I have. Emily, you're such a gem. I cannot thank you enough for your expertise. I know you're extremely sought after. I know that you are now a, really a thought leader in, among the, the, in this industry. So I'm just really grateful that you took the time to be here. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciated our conversation. I loved it. I'll talk data and analytics any day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dear. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.